Good evening. So good to see everyone in the house of the Lord tonight. Will you stand with us? Let's worship together. Let's give God some praise.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, I believe, Lord. I believe, Lord. I believe, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Need in your life, lift up your hand right now. Hallelujah, let's believe God. Come on, let's lift up our hearts, our voices together. Go to the Lord. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. Come on, help me pray. Help me pray. Lift up your voice. Lift up your heart. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you, Jesus. We believe, Lord. We believe, Lord. We believe in your power. We believe in your touch. We believe in healing. We believe in deliverance, God. We believe, Lord. To touch a life, God. Make a difference. Hallelujah. Bring all things new. Call us out of darkness to your marvelous light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Touch every need tonight, God. Hands that were upraised. We pray you'd minister. Pray you'd touch right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we love you so much. We're thankful. Thankful, God, for a new year. Thankful, God, for the blessings that you're going to pour out in this year for the revival, for the souls that will be saved. Thank you so much in advance, God. Love you. We praise you. Could you lift your hands one more time all across this house? Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe, Lord, there's nothing impossible, nothing impossible to him that believeth. If you could, why don't you join hands with someone close to you right now? Let's just, let's just pray one with another that God would just help us and strengthen us all over this house right now. Come on, pray for your neighbor. Pray with your neighbor. God, your touch right now, your strength right now. Lord, just minister, minister to our hearts, to our lives, to our homes. God, touch as only you can. We lean on you. We lean on you. We depend on you, God. We believe, Lord. We believe nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Thank you for every good and perfect gift cometh down. The Father of lights, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Lord, I thank you that you're the Lord and you change not. And Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What you've done before, you can do again. You can strengthen, you can heal, you can save, you can deliver, you can minister, you can bring revival, God. Add to the church daily, such as should be saved. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise together right now? <laughs> Hallelujah. This coming Sunday, we'll launch into our 21 days of prayer and fasting. This coming Sunday, 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've been mentioning it for uh, three or four weeks now, and I pray that you've already decided what you're going to do for your for your sacrifice. And, and of course, you're going to pray every day. And if you can make it to the prayer times here at church, they'll begin on, of course, we'll be here Sunday, 
uh, come early and pray Sunday at 9 a.m., Sunday at 11 a.m., regularly scheduled services, back to two services coming this Sunday morning. And then on Monday, 7 a.m. right here, 7 a.m. right here, there might be some that are able to come a little bit earlier and unlock the the door a little bit earlier, sometimes around 6.30. Give me a nod if, if, if 6.30 sounds like some time that you might come, maybe, maybe. So it should be unlocked around 6.30. I'll come at around 7, maybe a little bit before then. By 8 o'clock, we'll close and lock the door. We won't kick you out mean, but uh, we want to we go ahead and leave. We want to keep it at that time, that time period. We're not going to stay till 8.30. We're not going to stay in chat till 9. We're going to go every day, though. Don't show up one day and want to want to chat for two hours and and come every day. Come every day. You'll want to leave at eight o'clock. Somebody say amen, amen, amen. So seven to eight o'clock prayer Monday through Friday, and then on Saturday, somebody say Saturday, Saturday. Not this Saturday, but the following Saturday after we launch in five o'clock, five p.m., five p.m. We've tried it in the morning time. Sometimes folks have things on Saturday mornings and they're not able to come. Uh, 5 p.m. on Saturday seems like a time where, where most are able. You know, they're off work if they're working on that Saturday. And, and we'll be done by 6, be done by 6 on that Saturday as well. Somebody say in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So excited about all that. Uh, uh, some sorrowful news. Uh, most of you know probably at the, um, the passing of Sister Betty uh, on this past Sunday. And, and uh, we're saddened by that. But we are thankful. We are thankful that she got her promotion, that, that she's made it uh, to the other side. Now, obviously, we're not the judge of any man or, or, or any woman, but at the same time, we know she's been repented of all of her sins, been baptized in the saving name of Jesus Christ, and was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, and what people do in their own time, who knows? God's the judge. Somebody say amen. But I do know that. I do know that, that uh, uh, repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, those are, those are biblical things. And if you've not experienced that in your life, you've got to make sure that you do that. Make sure that you do that. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So, so this Saturday, turn to your neighbor and say, this Saturday. This Saturday at 1 p.m., we will hold her her funeral service, her, her celebration of life, her home going here at Christian Life on Saturday at 1 p.m. Don't show up late. Come be on time, and uh, uh, we'll celebrate Sister Betty's life together. At the end of this service, if we could get some folks to help, we want to set up the tables and the chairs over in the multipurpose room so that we can be prepared for them in that. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Why don't you turn it to a three? And four or five and take your time right now and shake somebody's hand tell somebody you're glad to see them this first thursday night this first thursday of 2024 first service that we met together and worshiped together in 2024 god's going to do great things this year god's going to do great things this year
this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord, glad to be in church on this first Thursday of 2024 and believe in God for great things. We're glad tonight to have with us, uh, been here a couple times already and, and excited to have him back. And, and Brother Tyler Sullivan is going to be with us. Why don't we, I know we've been standing for a little while, stand back to our feet real quick. Let's lift our hands as he's coming right now. Lift our hands all across this place and say, God, have your way and do what you want to do. Have your way and do what you want to do in this house tonight, Lord. My heart is open. I yield to you, God. You touch, you strengthen, you move, you minister in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord, everybody. Praise God. Praise God. What a great spirit of the Lord that's in the house tonight. It's a ministering spirit. I, I know that because I've been fed just standing over there. And the spirit has fed me tonight and touched me. And I'm thankful that we can come in and the spirit can do a work in us. And uh, I'm thankful that I feel the spirit. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. When we get into the spirit, literally anything can happen and anything is possible. So thank you for being a place where the spirit can flow and where the spirit is able to come and touch lives. Amen. Anybody glad to be here tonight? Amen. Amen. First service of 2024. Let's make it count. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Turnbow, for letting me be back. And uh, some places don't let me come back. I'm glad I... Found a place that'll let me come back. So uh, it's good to be here, honor them, and honor this church, and thank you for uh, allowing me to be here tonight. I'll take your attention to Revelation chapter number 21 and verse number 5. I'll also read from Isaiah the 43rd chapter, beginning in verse number 15, Revelation 21 and 5. It reads, and... He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Isaiah 43 and 15, it reads, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea, and a path in the mighty waters, which bringeth forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power, they shall lie down together. They shall not rise, they are extinct, they are quenched as tow. Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I, I'm not very good at titling things, so I'll be simplistic in my title tonight. Let's just call it a new thing, a new thing. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit that's in this house. I pray that it would continue to minister and do what only it can do. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Give you all the praise and all the glory. Let not one person leave this place the same way that they came in, but let us leave transformed by the renewing of our minds tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. 
God bless you. You can be seated tonight. We all like new things. We love the new car smell, which is essentially toxins. We love the new carpet smell, which is toxins. We love new gadgets. Some of you all get a new phone every month. And I'm, I, it's hard not to with all of the new technology they come out with every, every single month. It's crazy. We love new clothes. We like looking nice. When I was growing up, I was the Goodwill poster child. I love thrift stores. Yeah, I love thrift stores. I grew up going to Salvation Army, Goodwill, all the thrift stores that were around. That was my wardrobe. I, I thought I was, I thought I was living in heaven when I got a new new set of clothes from the thrift store. And I, I thought we were, I thought we were rich when, for my 16th birthday, my parents took me to J.C. Penney's. And they got me a new suit for my birthday for the first time ever. And I loved it. It was a, it was a charcoal double-breasted suit. And they bought me a black shirt with it, a black tie. I almost said it was my birthday suit, but that wouldn't be <laughs> proper pulpit etiquette, so I won't say that. And I wore that thing everywhere. I wore it to all of the, the youth rallies, the fellowship meetings, and Every meeting we would have, all the youth services, because I wanted to look nice, and it was the first new thing I had ever owned, and I wanted everybody to see it. And so it was a double-breasted suit, so when I grew out of it, I just took the buttons off here, and I made it, made it a single-breasted suit, and I just kept wearing that thing, just over and over and over, until it finally wore out, but I wore it every service. When, when, we, when I was growing up, my, my uh, relatives, they owned a cleaners in the Bay Area in California, and about once a quarter, we made, our, we made our trip down to the cleaners and the people that wouldn't come get their stuff for 90 days, we would get to go and go through all the people's stuff that hadn't come back and got their stuff for 90 days. So it didn't matter if it was three sizes too big. I still was wearing a brand new press shirt. It didn't matter if it fit or not. I, I had a whole new wardrobe every quarter. <laughs> it didn't matter if it said like Jiffy Lube on the... On the part, it didn't matter. It, it was awesome because I, I got the, I got a brand new, brand new set of clothes. And we, there's something about possessing something new that makes you feel better about yourself. We may even make statements like, "I'm going to start a new diet this year," or "In 2024, I'm going to a new dimension," whatever that is. And I'm going to start a new habit this year. And by February, treadmills in the garage. By March, your Bible reading plan is about six weeks behind. The fact is something new inspires us. And so I looked it up in Scripture, and the word new is mentioned 150 times in the Bible. And it's attached to many things in Scripture. It begins to talk about a new earth. It begins to talk about a new commandment. It begins to talk about a new covenant, a new song, a new man, a new moon, a new creature, a new wine, a new sepulcher, new bottles, new tongues, new fruit, new meat, new timber, 
a new cloth, a new tomb, a new spirit, a new heart, a new gate, a new name, a new court, a new garment, a new sword, a new ropes, new cords, a new jawbone, a new house, and the list is continual. But then God comes to Isaiah and begins to speak to Isaiah and begins to talk to him and tell him, hey, Isaiah, this time I'm going to do a new thing. And while the word new is mentioned over 150 times, the phrase a new thing is only mentioned three times in the Bible. It's mentioned once in Jeremiah, it's mentioned once in Isaiah, and it's mentioned once in Numbers. And out of those three times the phrase a new thing is mentioned, the phrase a new thing is mentioned twice in the same context with the same definition, meaning something fresh. And with all the times in his word that God gives specific detail to something and attaches the word new to it, here the only concept and vague explanation that is attributed to the future and what God is getting ready to do is an unexplainable noun, thing. The definition of the word thing in this verse is something that one need not, cannot, or does not wish to give a specific name to. And here the only word that we have to explain an entire situation is the word thing. It's unnamed. It's a, it's a blank canvas. It's unattached. It's unspecific. We don't know what it is. But my question is how can a detail-oriented God who knows the number of hairs on your head, who created the heavens and the earth, who fills all time and space, who is the Alpha and the Omega, who is the first and the last, who is the A to the Z and everything in between, who created man from the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into him, who is everything that we need, who uses the earth as a footstool, the God who can literally do anything. How can this God, who is all of this, be so vague? And all he tells Isaiah is, I'm going to do a new thing. Isaiah, in verse 15, let me remind you of who I am. I am the Lord, your Holy One. I am the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. He says, Isaiah, I want you to remember back and I want you to remember when the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt. I want you to remember when they worked for Pharaoh and they were trapped there in Egypt and they had nowhere to go and all of a sudden I told Moses and Aaron, I want you to go down and I want you to bring the Israelites out. I want you to remember that, Isaiah. Remember when I told them to go down there and bring the Israelites out. And I want you to go down and talk to Pharaoh and Moses and Aaron went down and they began to talk to Pharaoh. Let our people go and 
and then we want we want to leave Egypt. We want out of this place. And Isaiah, do you remember this? Do you remember when Pharaoh looked at them and said, "No, you cannot go. No, no, no. You're going you're going to stay here. Yeah, go. No, no, no. Come back. Come back. You cannot leave." And Isaiah, do you remember all of that? Do you remember when Pharaoh's heart was hardened so bad that he just decided he didn't want to let anybody go, and so I had to strike all of the firstborns dead, both man and beast. And all of a sudden, Pharaoh really had a change of heart. And he said, okay, fine, take your cattle, take your jewel, take everything and just get out of here. I don't want any of these plagues anymore. I don't want any of this judgment in the land anymore. Take your stuff and get out of here. Isaiah, do you remember all of that? Do you remember when I got they got to the Red Sea and all of a sudden they're against the Red Sea and they're asking, what am I going to do now? Where are we going to go? The, the, the Egyptians changed their mind again and now they're coming back to take us back to Egypt. Where are we going to go? You brought us into a body of water, Moses. What are we going to do? Isaiah, remember how I told Moses, stretch your rod over the water and all of a sudden the waters parted and millions of Israelites walked over on dry land to the other side. Isaiah, do you remember that? Do you remember when the Egyptians started chasing after the Israelites and they got to about the middle of the the sea there and all of a sudden the sea that had parted all of a sudden started to come back of a sudden everything is swallowing up the Egyptians and everything is dying. And Isaiah, do you remember all of that? Do you remember how glorious it was? Do you remember how great it was? Do you remember how powerful it was when there was no way and I made a way where there was no way? Do you remember how I brought all of them out? And I think sometimes we've got to remember where God brought us from. Oh, sometimes we got to take a trip down memory lane and remind ourselves where we were when God found us. We, oh, come on, somebody. We were, we were alcoholics. We were drug addicts. We were pornographers, but God found us. Thank God he reached down to where we were and he came to where we were and he found us. Oh, there wouldn't be one. One voice that wouldn't be raised. There wouldn't be one person that wouldn't be worshiping if we could remember what we were like in the life of sin when God reached way down and he pulled us out. And now we can lift our hands without condemnation. And now we can lift our voice and even on a Thursday night give praise to the God that saved us. That's why I don't care. I'm not ashamed to worship him. I remember where he found me. I'm not a Afraid to let down my guard and lift up my worship in his house because I remember where he found me. So even on a Thursday night, yeah, I'll clap harder than I've ever clapped. Even on a Thursday night, I'll worship more than I've ever worshipped because I remember where he found me. Can you lift up your hands for about 15 seconds and remember what he's done in your life? Hallelujah. Come on, he's been good to us. Your story is a story worth telling. God's been good to us. God's been so good to us. He's given me what I didn't deserve and saved me from what I did. And he tells Isaiah, you remember all of that? You remember how glorious it was. 
You remember all of that. And then he tells Isaiah, now that you've remembered how glorious it was and how awesome it was and how powerful it was when I brought them out, now that you've remembered all of that, I want you to forget it all and never consider it again. Remember not the former things. Don't consider the things of old. Because now, in verse number 19, I'm going to do a new thing. And it's going to spring forth. Don't you know it's going to happen? Isaiah, forget all of that. That I just made you remember. Because while all of that was glorious, the way that I'm going to bring Israel out this time won't be anything like that. I'm going to do a new and we get all caught up in trying to put God in a box saying he's got to come through like that. He's got to let the miracle happen like that. He's got to let the thing take place like that. He's got to do it in that time frame. He's got to do it with that person. He's got to let it happen with them. When God is saying, yes, I delivered you one way one time. But this, this time I'm going to deliver you in a way you did not expect because I'm doing a new thing. Essentially, what this verse is saying is I will never run out of ways to come through for my people. I will never run out of options because I am the option. I will never run out of possibilities because I am the possibility. I will never run out of ways because I am the way. It's talking about the creative powers of God. It's talking about the creative miracles of God. I will do a new thing. And just when it looks like there was no way, boom, God does a new thing. And just when it looks like you were never going to make it out of your situation, boom, God does a new thing. And just when it looks like it was impossible and they would never come back to God, boom, all of a sudden, God does a new thing. And just when it looked like the job was never going to come through, and just when it looked like the house was never going to be yours, all of a sudden, God does a new thing. And Come on, anybody know that, I, that you're a testimony to that tonight? People talked against you. People told you you're never going to make it. You're never going to amount to nothing. But God did a new thing in your life. And now you're here tonight worshiping and you're praising him because he did a new thing. And then God takes the word thing and attaches context to it. Now, at this point, when God is talking to Isaiah, Israel is in captivity again. Not in Egypt, but this time they're in Babylon. And God begins to speak to Isaiah regarding their future and how he's going to come through this time. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and I'll make rivers in the desert. You got to understand that between the captivity in Babylon and the return, their walk to Israel lay hundreds of miles of wilderness. It was literally like Alcatraz. You could not get back there without supplies. You could not just go. There was no path back to their, their homeland. There was no provision. There was nothing. And it was a long way back home. But here God is telling them, you don't need to be afraid because God 
says, I'm your way home. And I will make a road in the wilderness and I'll put rivers in the desert. Okay, Israel, last time you were in captivity, I had to remove the waters to let you walk across the sea to your rescue. This time out of your captivity, I'm going to pour waters in the middle of a bunch of sand and make rivers in the desert to come to your rescue. Last time I had to remove the water from the sand. This time I'm going to put water in the sand. And God said, I'll even make a road in the wilderness. God promises them they don't need to worry about how he's going to perform it. God tells them, you don't need to worry about how I'm going to let it come to pass. And oftentimes when God makes a promise, we worry about the details or the obstacles for the fulfillment of that promise. And I feel the Holy Ghost. God replies to us, don't worry about it all. I can even make a road in the wilderness. And I've got resources and I've got plans. You don't even know about so if I made a promise you leave that promise to me you leave those problems to me so let me encourage somebody on this Thursday night don't you dare quit believing that God is able to save your family Come on, don't you dare give up on believing that the promise that God gave you is never going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. It's going to happen. Don't you dare quit believing that God is going to make a way out of no way. If he promised it, it's going to happen. And you don't need to worry about how it's going to happen. You just need to keep on believing. And you need to keep on clapping. You need to keep on worshiping. You need to keep on praying because God is able to make a way where there was no way. Come on, do you believe that tonight? Do you believe he's able to make a way where there wasn't a way? Do you believe he's able to give you resources where there was no resources? Do you believe he's able to give provision where there was no provision? Well, believe me, in Mark chapter 6, Jesus is feeding the 5,000 and they're in the middle of nowhere. And the day goes by, and his disciples come to him in verse number 35. Jesus, you're really long-winded today. And we're in the middle of the desert, and everybody's getting hungry. Now, the word desert here means desert. It means desert. Sand, hot, desolate, solitary, wilderness. It's hot, it's miserable, it's forsaken, and the disciples begin to tell Jesus, Jesus, people have checked out. Send them away. Let them go home. Let them go get bread. Let, it, let, let them leave this place. Let them get back to civilization. Everybody's hungry. Everybody's tired. Everybody wants. And then in verse number 39, Jesus shows us the miracle in the miracle. And Jesus commands his disciples, make everybody sit down in companies on the green grass. How in the world do you sit down on green grass in the middle of a desert? The point is this, just when you think God has run out of options, the fact is he makes the options. And he's never lost the battle. And he's never lost the war. And he's not going to give up on you. 
And just when you think you've run out of options, here comes God saying, oh no, I am the option. And just when you think it's all over, here comes God saying, oh no, watch me do a new thing. I came to increase somebody's faith tonight. We still serve a God that can make something out of nothing. Come on, let your faith extend right now. We still serve a God who can do something where you didn't think anything could happen. We are serving a God tonight that can make rivers in the desert. He can make ways in the wilderness. He can make a new job where there was no job. I don't care what you think is impossible. Let me speak to somebody's faith tonight and remind you with God, all things are possible. I wish somebody would connect with me right now. God can do a miracle tonight. He can save your soul tonight. He can heal your body tonight. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. And just when we think we know and can predict how God is supposed to come through, he's like, oh yeah, watch this. I'm going to do a new thing. And here he comes making a new road. And here he comes making a new river in the desert. And here he comes making a new job. And here he comes doing all of these things saying, don't forget I brought you out. But don't always expect me to answer in the glory like I did before. Because the latter is going to be greater than the former. And we, I think he uses the word thing here. Because everybody's going through something. Everybody's got some type of issue. Everybody's walking through some type of hell. But the God who never changes, the God who is the same, the God who is established, is doing a new thing believe it I want you to lift your hands right now in this house he is doing a new thing whatever you're going through that looks impossible God has the ability to attach context to it that you never even thought about and let me give a word to this church. So great and powerful are the things that God is getting ready to do on your behalf that while he, what he did in the past was great, it won't even be able to compare with the things that God is going to do now. Oh, come on, somebody. You have not seen the greatest days of revival. You have not seen the greatest miracles. You have not seen the greatest growth. You have not seen everything that what God wants to do in this church and in this city and in this area. The context of these verses don't mean forget everything God has done. It just means that it will no longer be the greatest thing that God has ever done in your life. He's got more. He's got more. He's got greater. He's got better. I don't care what the greatest miracle you've ever seen is. He's got more. I don't care if you think you've seen the greatest harvest you've ever going to come in. No, no, no. He's got more. 
I don't know what you think he is able to do, but he's able to do more. He's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all we could ever ask or think. And so I live with anticipation. I live expecting that my future deliverance will be greater than my past exodus. I have not seen it all. I have not heard it all. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. I don't know how it's going to come through this time, Pastor. <laughs> a new thing. I don't know how he's going to make a way this time. <laughs> a new thing. I looks, it looks impossible for him. And I've probably gone too far this time. <laughs> a new thing. Don't be defeated. God is doing a new thing. Don't forget, he came through before, but just don't put him in a box and expect him to do the same old thing in the same old way. And Jeremiah asked, is there anything too hard for the Lord? I came to tell this church, there is nothing too hard for the Lord. Let me say it again. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. I, I was with a missionary and he asked me not to give his name. But I asked if I could tell the story, and he agreed. To, he said, don't mention the country and don't mention where I'm going because it's a, it's a highly dangerous place. And he said, Tyler, I'm going into a country where there's a lot of people. You, you can't talk about Jesus. You, you just can't mention him. And if you do mention him, they're going to they'll literally come and take you and kill you. And so you just can't talk about him. He said, but Tyler, I felt this call to this country. And I knew God had called me there. And I, I just and I took my wife and we went over there and we decided we were going to open up a open up a music shop and a music studio as kind of a cover just to get in the country and you know just talk about different instruments and things like that. Both of them are very musical, him and his wife. And so they went into this country not knowing how they were going to reach these people, not knowing what they were going to do, just knowing that their lives, by even going to this country, were in grave, grave danger. But he said, I felt such a burden and such a call. So I packed up my wife and my, my three kids, and we went to this country. And when we got there, we just began to pray, God, we don't know how we're going to reach these people. We don't know what we're going to do to win these people. You're going to have to do what we cannot do, God. And they begin to pray and they begin to talk to just different people, make friendships and talk to them about different things in music and begin to talk to them about different songs and cultures of that area. People begin to come to their music school that they started. They begin to teach different types of songs to the people and they begin to develop relationships with people in that area and just friendships. Nobody ever really knowing that they were true born-again Christians. 
Christians and they did this just on their own and trying to make a difference in this country. And they begin to pray, God, open up doors for us. We don't know how you're going to do it. And there was one day that this man came in their music school and he began to talk to this missionary that was there. He began to talk to him and just said, Ray, he said, I don't know what's going on with me. He seemed disturbed. Ray looked at him. He just didn't know what was going on. This man seemed disturbed. But he said, but he, said he, became, he came and began to talk to me. And as he began to talk to me, he began to tell me these things. And he said, Ray, I don't know what happened, but I, I had this dream last night. And he said, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to do. How do I handle this? And Ray said, well, what was your dream? And this man who was a Muslim, he just began to talk to Ray. He said, Ray, I don't know. But in this dream, I, 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 there was somebody in, in this dream that he was, he was in a garment. And he was this garment was from down to his feet. And he had like this golden around his waist and I don't really know what it was and he began to tell him all of this and he said as I looked at this man in my dream his head and his, his hair were just white and it was like snow they were glowing and his eyes they were so sharp and piercing they were like burning into my soul I, I didn't know what it was but his feet they, looked, they, they, they had shiny things on his feet and he looked at me and as he, as he looked at me he said my name and as he said my name I it got my attention and as he said my name it was like a river of water was flowing out of his mouth and he said my name and I didn't know quite what to think of it but he looked at me after he said my name and he said I am Jesus and Raymond turned to this man who had just come in his music school, and he said, oh, oh, I think, I think, I can't really tell you what you saw, but I can direct your attention to Revelation chapter number 1 and verse number 13, where it reads this, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet were like unto fine brass and as they burned in a furnace his voice as the sound of many waters and he said to this man who had come in his shop asking Raven what do I do with all of this and he said God is talking to you you can't approach people over there you can't go to where they are begin talking to them about God but God had come to this man in a dream in a country it was impossible for him to ever hear about God God had this visited this man in a dream and told I am Jesus and he had done the impossible and they, Raymond began to pray with this man and this man had the revelation of the mighty God in Christ and he received the Holy Ghost and to this day he is winning other people in this country because what looked like an impossibility was a possibility with God and there is absolutely nothing too hard for the Lord. So I ask this question on this Thursday night, on this first service of this new year. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Can he save you? Yes, he can save you. Can he heal you? Yes, he can heal you. Can he deliver you? Yes, he can deliver you. Because you're serving the God who is doing a new thing. I wish somebody would stand to your feet right now. 
and just lift your hands towards heaven and say 2024 is going to be a year when God does some new things in my life. 2024 is going to be a year when God does the miraculous in my life. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. Nothing too hard for the Lord. And here's what I feel, Pastor. I feel like God is going to begin to create rivers in the desert. And he's going to begin to create ways in the wilderness for people to come to this church that you thought would never come and that you thought were way too gone. And that you thought it was an impossibility that they ever come down and stand at an altar and lift up their hands and say, create in me a clean heart, oh God. God is going to allow ways in the wilderness for backsliders to come back this year. God is going to create rivers in the desert for those that are thirsty. And that river is going to lead to the throne of God. And it's going to lead to an altar. And they're going to come through those back doors. And they're going to come in and throw up their hands and say, God, I need a little bit more. God, I need a little bit more. And I believe he's going to do that in 2024 in this church. He's going to begin to create ways where there were no way. He's going to begin to create rivers where there was absolute dryness and dust and deserts and he never thought anything. He's going to use young people this year to win somebody to God you didn't think could ever be one to God because he's able to do a new thing. And if you have even the slightest inkling of faith tonight, I want you to step out of your seat and I want you to gather around the front and I want you to lift your hands towards heaven when you get up here. And I want you to begin to say, God, do a new thing in my life. God, I'm ready to see a new thing. I think I've got you figured out, God. But I'm ready to see you absolutely blow my mind and do something I never thought could happen in a way I never thought it would happen. If that's you right now, I want you to stretch your hands up. I want you to lift your voice with those hands. And I want you to begin to say, God, begin to do a new thing in my life. Some of you need God to do a miracle in your life tonight. And he can do a miracle in your life right now. Some of you need a renewing in the Holy Ghost tonight. God is able to do a new thing in your life. Some of you need God to step in and miraculously begin to do a work in your body. God is able to do a new thing tonight. I don't care what the doctor's report has said. I don't care what your job has said. God is able to do a new thing. Will you lift up your hands as they begin to sing right now? And begin to pray. Let me see it, oh God. He can take your burden. And he can take your weary mind and he can give you a new mind. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Come on, he's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing tonight. Oh, yes. 
God's going to do a new thing in my life. In 2024, He's going to create some ways in the wilderness. In 2020, I'm going to reach out and grab a hold of a little bit of faith right now. And I believe God's doing it. I believe God's letting it happen right now. mind right now begin to think of one thing you want God to do this year whether it be in your life whether it be in your family and your body I don't care what it is think of one thing you want God to do in your life this year whether it's you want him to give you a personal revival you want him to increase your faith you want him to give you favor among men whatever it is I want you to take that and I want you to hold it in your hand right now and I want you to stretch your hand up toward heaven And I want you to begin to, in your, in your mind and with your mouth right now, begin to say, God, I believe that you can do this this year. I may have asked for it before. I may have said, God, I want you to do this before. But I'm offering it to you right now as a sacrifice. And I'm offering it to you right now saying, God, I believe you're going to be able to do it this year. And you're going to do it this year. And you will do it this year. I'm not going to put constraints on you. And I'm not going to tell you how you have to answer it. God, I'm expecting you to do a new thing. I'm expecting you to answer in a way I never thought you would answer. I'm telling you right now in the Holy Ghost, there are going to be miracles that happen in this church that are going to happen that you never thought would happen and you never expected them to happen. And they're going to happen how you never thought they would happen. And it's going to happen this year. Stretch up your hands. Stretch it to God right now. I'm going to pray the prayer. And we're going to believe that God is going to do it. And when I say in Jesus' name, I want you to begin to say, God, I receive it and I believe it right now. God, increase my faith. 
God, let it happen to me right now by the authority of the word of God and the power that's in the name of Jesus. Right now, the prayers that have been prayed in this place, right now, these hands that are lifted, right now, I pray, God, that you would begin to come down and do what only you can do. And I pray right now in the name above every name that you would begin to let miracles take place, loose miracles in this house. We ask it right now in Jesus' name, from the top of their head to the sole of their feet, let miracles take place right now. Let the process begin right now in Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voice and begin to say, I receive it right now. I believe it right now. I see it happening right now. Come on, receive it. Believe it. Come on, God is not intimidated by what you're going through. God is not scared of what you're walking through. But he's able to do a new Come on, family is coming back to God. 
right now hallelujah without any music just begin to lift up your voice begin to magnify the Lord together right now come on come on come on come on lift your voice lift your voice Lord we love you we love you we love you we love you Jesus we thank you God we receive it right now we receive it God we're believing we're believing you're doing a new thing we're believing God that you're going to do it those things, God, that we lifted up to you, those things we believe in faith, God, they will come to pass in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, make this place ring. Give God thanks right now. Give God thanks. Give God thanks. Give God thanks. Give God thanks. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We believe you for it. We believe you for it. Hallelujah. 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 Just a good, good touch of the Lord here. Good feeling. Good. Just a good touch. Hallelujah. Why don't you close your eyes if they're not closed? Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I thank you, I thank you, Jesus, I thank you, Jesus, I thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're going to do it, 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 Lord. Hallelujah. It's not a matter if if you can, you can, but you will. You're going to do it, Lord. You're going to do it. You're going to do it, Lord. You're going to do it, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One more time. Can we lift our hands, lift our voices in thanks and praise unto him right now? God, I give you thanks. I give you thanks. I give you praise. I give you praise. Hallelujah. 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 You're going to do it, Lord. You're going to do it, Lord. We give you thanks. We give you thanks, Lord. 
Aleluya, aleluya. Aleluya, aleluya. Aleluya. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Go ahead and put your hands together and clap to him. Thanks. Hallelujah. Just a wonderful word, wonderful touch of the Lord here tonight. You are in the right place. You are in the right place. Seal this up. Receive it. Receive it. Don't let it be in one ear and out the other and forget about it. Let this be something that lives inside of you, resides, and you see it come to pass in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I want to remind you again, the funeral on, on Saturday, the celebration of Sister Betty's life on Saturday at 1 o'clock. On 1 o'clock, we're going to go over for those that can and set up some tables and chairs and the family will, will eat after the ceremony on, on Saturday. Sunday morning, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., God is going to do great things. God is going to do great things. Hallelujah. Keep this spirit of prayer, this spirit of the Lord that you feel in the house. Maybe hug a person's neck, a brother or sister, shake a hand, tell somebody you're glad to see them today. It's a beautiful, beautiful night. God bless you richly. God bless you richly. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, 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 wonderful work in God, wonderful work in God, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.